Welcome back to Side Peace Show. Ho, ho, ho. Show. Welcome back to Side Peace Show. Ho, ho, ho. My mom wasn't feeling well, so she was binging my episodes, my Side Peace episodes. And after every text, it was like, oh my gosh, did this person say this? Oh my gosh, I can't believe this person said this. And then every comment was, Melissa, you got to stop trying to sing. It just is not working out. I wanted to ask you, I mean, how awesome is my singing? On a scale from one to never freaking do it again because my ears are bleeding. Do you love it? I mean, come on. I shouldn't quit my side job. Should I get it? Side job. All right. So does anyone else think that you're just stuck on this freaking COVID hamster wheel and you can't get off? It's like, I feel one second, I see a glimpse of hope and like things are getting better and we're getting out of this hell COVID world. And then I feel like we just take three steps back and I'm just in it right now. I don't know if it's because of COVID, you know, the holidays and everyone's getting sick. It is constantly like weighing on me. And I just, I don't talk to anybody. I am a freaking shut in. I do side piece from home. I do strip from home. And I never go out and meet people and I shouldn't go out anyway because of COVID. But I just like am in these thoughts like, are we ever going to freaking see the end of COVID? And I just, you know, I talk to my four-year-old and three-year-old and they don't give me much advice except for I need you to wipe my butt or I just pooped in my diaper. So, you know, our conversations don't really get too deep, but I've just really been in this thought. I will tell you though, with Christmas coming up, of course, I want all of you guys to be safe. Please, 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 please stay safe, stay healthy. I have a lot of awesome stuff cooking up for the new year with Side Piece. I'm so freaking excited. I can't wait for you to listen and hear it all. But anyway, I am walking downstairs. My three-year-old Vivi, she's almost three. She wakes up and we have a countdown going until Santa comes. And I said, Vivi, are you so excited Santa's coming? And she's always like, ho, ho, ho. And I said, what do you want from Santa Claus? And my Viv, not even three, says, I don't need anything, mommy. I'm good. And I just was like, oh my gosh, you are like the sweetest girl. Everyone is like, take, 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 take. And what can you get me? And all this, I feel. Then I have my freaking three-year-old, like I said, who's still taking craps in her pull-ups. And she just like gets it. And she's so sweet and loving and caring. And it just, you know, those little, little, little spots in my day, it just makes the COVID misery and everything else that might be tough in our lives. It just was such an awesome, bright spot. And I don't know. I just wanted to share it with you. Like my last one with the video of her helping her friend. It's like, just be good. We're so much not good right now. It's just like little things like that. Do good, help others, be good. It means a lot. And I think it it goes, you know, it goes a long way for us. So anyway, you guys, it's almost Christmas. Please be safe. Please be safe. I will stop running my mouth about what's going on with me and singing to you because 
we have a special this week. Two side stealers. From Vanderpump Rules. And they are all about Randall McDool. She. So Lala is not holding back at all. And because I'm completely immature, like a five-year-old, it is freaking hilarious to me. She is legit spilling about everything. A, that her humongo engagement ring is in fact fake, like as real as their relationship. But the best part, she was going in saying that using her new vibrators is literally the best sex she's had since being with Randall. <laughs> like if you're going to hit a guy hard, I can't think of other things that would hit them harder than going in about, you know, their fake spendings and their gifts, that it's a scam and a fraud and their sex life and how they are in bed. So this girl knows what she is doing. She's going in and I, why I get a kick out of this madness is beyond me. But do you know what else you guys is actually beyond me? So around the same time, James and Raquel on also break up and we don't hear anything about it. Like silence. No one is attacking anybody that we know of. It just seems like a peaceful breakup. And if you would have told me that both of these couples would be breaking up at the same time, I would definitely not think it was Lala and Randall that was going through this ugly downward spiral as they are, as opposed to Raquel and James. So there you go, Melissa. Lesson learned. Guess what happens when you assume? And my final side stealer, my super side stealer of the week, it's my favorite hunky husband from Salt Lake City, Seth Marks. I mean, of course, you guys know how much I love Seth Marks. He was my first guest ever. He is my first repeat guest ever. So off camera, behind the scenes, it was just Meredith's big 5-0 birthday. And Seth was all over the place trying to plan the most perfect surprise getaway for her. I mean, I was even trying to help him. And you know what? He succeeded. They went to this beautiful, romantic Mexican hideaway getaway. And that is just one of the many, many reasons why I love Seth Marks. He's always trying to do cool things, always being a good person, and always trying to make his wife happy, even though the end game is hopefully to get lots of sex from Meredith. <laughs> Seth Marks, I freaking love you. And that wraps up my Side Stealers of the Week. But what else is hot and happening in Bravo world? You guys, things are getting crazy yet again with the Shaw Shocker case. Now another one, it was Stuart, but now another one very close to Jen in her camp also pled guilty. All this is not looking bueno for Jen. And I don't know about you, but like I'm watching the episodes, which were filmed obviously months ago, but now like I'm knowing what is happening in real time. 
like seeing her just going around on the show, living her life, but then knowing right now how it's all unfolding very rapidly. It's just, it's crazy to me. Like it's an alternate universe. Like there's the one universe pre all this, but yet we know what's going on and it's not looking good. Again, I know not guilty until proven innocent, but it's just, you know, it's crazy to me. And from her posts, it seems right now that basically the only ones of the cast that she's so cool with are Jenny and Heather. It's just crazy to me. And you know what else is still crazy to me? I'm not getting over right now. Shannon Bedore and what she's doing. No good she's up to. She's clearly jealous of Heather and trying to do things to shake Heather's world. And the worst part, she's trying to get other cast members to do her dirty work in this whole plot. But also off camera, did you see Jeff Lewis goes on, I think, Watch What Happens Live or his podcast saying that he is not a fan of Heather Dubrow. He doesn't like her, doesn't think she's a good person. Gina, on the flip side, was saying Shannon is not the good person and is always plotting to do not good things. And then, of course, you have good old Kelly Dodd, of course, chiming in, taking shots at Heather as well, agreeing with Jeff that Heather is, in fact, rude and mean to everyone. I mean, seriously, you guys, with Bravo, you cannot pay enough for this shit, for all the madness that happens, not only on the show, but then continues off camera on social media. And that's why I love it so. And that also wraps up the hotness happening in Bravo world. You guys, again, Christmas, the holidays, Hanukkah, all the fun coming up. Please, I beg of you, just be safe. Take care of yourself. We need to get better and healthier and make 2022 an awesome one. I started this at the beginning of 2021. We're almost to 2022. I can't believe it's almost been a freaking year of side piece. It gets better and better. And it's all because of, yes, my awesome guests that are so sweet to come on and give me the time. But you guys, like you guys listening, you guys supporting, you guys, you know, telling all your friends it's cool. And, you know, someone told me the other day, they're like, side piece, we hear about all the time. I was on Gina's podcast, Gina Keo's podcast. And she and her, the guy that Kent, that she does the podcast with, they're like, we hear side piece all the time. And I was floored. You guys, I it's been almost a year. I'm telling you every comment that you guys leave that you love it, you know, pictures of you listening to it, telling me how great side piece is. I, 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 it just, it takes my breath away. It warms my heart to no extent. And I just hope you know how it means. Thank you for listening around the clock, subscribing, rating, reviewing, and telling all your people because I want all of us to listen to side, side piece and all the entertaining and delicious parts that I get to throw at you. You can find me at Side Piece Show. That's at S-I-D-E-P-I-E-C-E-S-H-O-W. Yes, I still have to read that because yes, I still can't spell it correctly. Thank you again, you guys. I love you. Happy, happy holidays. Thank you for all the love, all the support. And I will see you next Wednesday. My guest today, she came on like a crazy ball of fire. Some would say to her, my 25 grand sunglasses statement well, she was a liar. Beverly Hills wasn't quite for her as we could see, but now she is back, baby, and spilling all of the tea.
all of her investigative Google, LinkedIn, I'll find the dirt on you, might have some like PK feeling sicky. But that's why we love her even more from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It's Dana Wilkie. Dana. Yes, love. Yeah. Shit. Let me tell you what I just finished. The Jen Shaw thing. The Shaw Shocker. Housewives and the Hustler, the Shaw Shocker. (laughs) Are you kidding me right now? So we were talking the other day, remember? And you're like, dude, you have to watch it tonight. And I'm like, it is on. And then freaking kids, of course, always getting in the way. Dana, I just finished it. Oh (laughs) my gosh. Are you kidding me right now? I know it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> okay. Wait, Cause I have so many, questions. especially when you get right off it, like it, you know, when people have like a, a day or so to digest it, it's like, it kind of can lose its impression a little, but when you first finish it, it's really like, I'm fresh. It's hard. I'm literally like, we're two o'clock. I finished it at one 30 and I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. I have to go get ready for this. Like, Oh my God. Okay. Before we go back behind, I have, I, I'm like, it, it, it's fresh. I'm dying. Like, are you serious right now? How yeah. So Jen Shaw really, you know, what's kind of insane is the seriousness of the indictment, right? The fact that it's all been covered on the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, the fact that she's facing now her jury trial in March and her quote unquote assistant who isn't really her assistant is plead guilty now. Yeah, pled, plead. Everyone's always, you know, correcting me on that. But anyway, he's done his plea deal. And so I think- you know, one of the first times on a show like this, we've seen, you know, something this serious play out because Teresa Giardis's, uh, Judy's, I should say, situation was so much less dramatic in a sense, although she, you know, ended up doing a year in, in prison and he did four, but that was uh, bankruptcy fraud. There were no victims. Right. And, you know, in Erica Girardi's case, although there's a ton of victims and I have no doubt it will go criminal at the moment, it's still in civil land. Right. So now we're uh, you know, it's really shocking that that Jen Shaw's indictment, arrest and the seriousness of these crimes with these types of victims is actually playing out on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. <laughs> I mean, it is insane. And you're seeing like, I almost wanted to fast forward. I felt so bad because I'm like thinking of like my grandma and like, you know, you seeing these victims and they're like, what do you mean? I, I don't even know how to use a computer. And all of a sudden I'm out 30 grand. Like when you see that shit, that is what it was extra hard for me to like, I mean, to process, right? And I feel like it's the same thing with Erica. Like if you see like these victims, like that takes it to a whole new like element. It does, you know, that the I think the housewife and the hustler really demonstrated in the Erica Jane Jardy case that, you know, how absolutely vicious Tom Jardy's con was, you know, it was vicious. And you know, these are people who are putting their trust in this man. These are people who have already suffered huge, dis, you know, 
huge plane crashes and fires and explosions and cancer. And now they get double punished with, you know, like forget life. Now you're going to bring this on top of it. It's disgusting. The whole thing with Erica Jane Girardi and the fact that she never apologized to the victims still to this day, she just sort of said like, you know, I hope that things get better for them or something like that. It was just not what I, you know, what I was hoping for really. Um, you know, really has left a, a bad taste and I think a lot of people's mouth. And, you know, it's kind of like she's operating like business as usual, even though $25 million of that money over whatever amount of years, I don't know, it's like four years or I, I can't remember now because it's been a while, but, you know, has had gone to her glam squad and her her getting her on billboard charts and creating all those looks and just all this pretentious crap. What just happened? Like just that got announced or something. She got a deal. Oh, sure. Her hair extensions. Oh. She's starting a hair extension business now. Super excited about her bright new future. It's really hard to see all these people who should have gotten justice not get it. And then she seems to walk away like with, no, you know, absolutely no ramifications. Do you think it's not that she's still on the show? I think Andy Cohen is really walking a line at this point, you know, but I, I can't stop the fans from, you know, watching Erica Jane Girardi because, uh, you know, apparently she's riveting. So he's going to keep putting her on as long as that's going to guarantee the ratings on the show. Is that nuts? Like, so obviously that is, it hits harder to you than the Jen Shaw stuff. Well, no, the Jen Shaw situation, the punishment that she's in right now and will have for, you know, potentially in the foreseeable future is so horrific Bad. <laughs> that those victims already are getting their restitution. It's happening. Okay. There's like, when you're in a position like Jen Shaw is in, I mean, your life feels like it's over. You know, it really does. That's why when you get indicted on such serious charges, they do like suicide checks on you and stuff. Like, it's not a little deal. I mean, we make it light on television now. We're like, oh yeah, they're going to jail. <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's a big deal. And she's looking, I ran the sentencing guidelines on the original um, indictment and She's looking at seven years, depending on the restitution amount that they actually give her and uh, how many victims they say she's guilty of. Stewart, in his plea deal, they lowered the amount of elderly victims to 10 instead of hundreds, which it was originally. But if they throw the book at Jen and they make it hundreds, I mean, it, that, that actually raises the amount of time you're in prison. Yeah, but in the doc, they said that Stewart could go up to 70 years. Why would he get a, uh, and especially if he is going to cave and go against Jen and rat her out, why would he, I mean, he would obviously get lesser time than her then, right? Well, here's the thing, right? That when they say 70 years in the media, that's like some BS uh, year amount that, yeah, the media, what they do is they pull out the maximum sentencing that is for that particular crime, which is like on average in the U S is like 20 years. Like, you know, just like anything is 20 years, you know, like, right, totally. but it, when I, when I say the sentencing guidelines, what that is, is that, um, when you go through a, a, 
a, a criminal procedure and you're found guilty, uh, there's a scoring system that our Justice Department uses to punish you. And, and the judges are supposed to follow it, although they can go off, they can like not follow it if they want to. And it's basically um, it was put in place because sometimes judges uh, would go like way overboard with a punishment or way under with oh. a punishment. So the government decided to put like a score system that would give the judges a bar, a threshold like for what your crime points equate to. When I ran the numbers on the current indictment and I looked at how much like the uh, restitution I think it was, was going to be and how many victims that were elderly were supposed to be. And, you know, if they helped out, how many points they get off their score and all that stuff. And I got the number and then I compared it to the punishment chart and there's a low end and a high end. The mean was seven years. Okay. Damn. That's the reality because the way it works is like this, just so you know, for your, uh, just for your own benefit, it's like, you'll, they'll say something like, okay, uh, uh, wire fraud, that's a, a seven. Okay. Because it's elderly people or a particular, uh, a vulnerable demographic, like handicapped or whatever, uh, drug, re, you know, drug addicted people, whatever that is, we're going to add two. Right. If oh, you I go know. over those, yeah, if you go over the hundred uh, people and it's now at 300 people, we're going to add two more points. So, you know, it, and that's how it goes. Yeah. And then they get to a number and they'll say, okay, let's uh, subtract, you know, two for good behavior for playing out or whatever. And it goes down. And then there is a punishment at the end that the judge sees. And there's like a, a low end and a high end. If you're a jerk, you'll get the high end. Right. Totally. If you're remorseful, you'll get the low end. Do you think Stu's going to rat her out? Um, Stu has already uh, nuked her defense because she was relying on uh, his testimony to the FTC when he was in, uh, interviewed in 2016. So she was relying on stuff that he was saying that distanced her from the operations of these sales floors where the frauds were like, you know, really hands on, for lack of a better expression. Um, and so he's already said that he lied to the FTC, which means Jen can't rely on that statement. And she was relying on it. We know that because she put it in documents to the to the judge when she was trying to argue that the prosecution you know, didn't properly get her to waive her rights because she said her contacts weren't working or something like that. Remember that? <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> you know, what? and again, everybody on the dock, everybody on the planet, obviously, like they brought up a hundred times. Everyone was like, Jen Shaw comes onto the screen. Where does she get all this dough to pay for all this stuff? It's just like, then you were like, why do you come on a show? Like, why do you think she, I just, I just, again, I'm so like hot off of this show, right? This dog that you did. I just like, why in the actual F would someone then go onto a national TV show when they are doing shady shit behind the scenes? Well, you know, I think for her, she, she probably felt this looming but she didn't know if, if it was for sure coming. 
And I think she probably saw this as such a great opportunity that she could never give it up no matter what happened and no matter what the cost is. Because there are women that want to be on this show and covet this show at that level that like they would rather, you know, give risk some, it. you know, yeah, risk the marriage, risk the, the relationship with the kids, risk everything to be uh, considered housewife material, if you will, uh, whatever the hell that is. But you, you know, like, I, it, it was like, how did you, how did they even come to you because you did the other one? Like, how did you get tied into this? So in the first one, um, the producers of ABC, uh, one of them in particular was a fan of my show, Dishing Drama, Dana. Um, I do a almost totally uh, Patreon show. So like I release a free episode like once every six weeks, but generally it's almost all Patreon. Right. And it's very, um, it's it's just very deep, like next level gossip. Like right. I'm, I'm not cool. exaggerating. And I actually post like my receipts in there. And sometimes I find things that no one else finds, right? And uh, which will I'll explain why that ties into Jen Shaw in a minute. But in this particular instance, I was one of the first people in that on my show to interview Jay Edelson, who was the attorney who represented the victims and widows in oh. um. And in addition to that, I was one of the first people who had Ronald Richards on my show. And even though he wasn't at the time working for the trustee as a consulting legal professional, he was, you know, doing a lot of commentary at that time. And then I also had Matt Hamilton, who broke the story about the corruption in Tom Girardi with the California Bar Association on my show. And then on top of that, I was the one who broke the divorce story that Tom Girardi and Erica Jane were divorcing first. So as a result of that, the producers at ABC who were listening to my show and who knows, maybe it inspired them a little because they hadn't done a show like Housewife and the Hustler ever, right, ever. Um, reached out to me and they said, would you like to be on the show? And I said, as long as I don't mind commenting as a previous cast member, a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, because I do do that on my show. I use the insight of right. like being on that show to, to give people understanding of what's bullshit and what isn't and what's happening behind the scenes. Right. So I said, no problem on that front, but since the way you guys have come to me and approached me is that you are a fan of my show and you are watching and you've been using my research. I also want the respect of having it say dishing drama Dana under my name because oh. I'm not trying to be a housewife. And that's why I dressed like, uh, a you know, like, I don't even know, like a, a morning show journalist or whatever, because I was trying to really make sure the fans understood that I was there to deliver information and not try to become a housewife again, because that right. has no interest to me whatsoever. And so I was like, wow, maybe if I like really mouse it up, you know, <laughs> they'll listen to what I'm saying instead of looking at me, like, am I glam? Am I not glam? What am I, you know, all that crap. So that's what basically I did. And that's how I ended up on that show. And they did use my interview with Jay Edelson on that show. And they did do exactly what they promised. ABC is a great network. And then with the Jen Shaw uh, one, the reason I was brought into that one was I, I had actually discovered that Jen Shaw's early career, she had worked at Prosper Inc. as director of business development. 
And Prosper Inc. was well known for being associated with selling Trump University, which was a very similar scam to what this indictment is reflecting. And I found out that on her LinkedIn, she was that person. And so it was like I could build back her early career as to how she was sort of groomed for what ended up happening. And I she tried to delete it, but I caught it. And I took a screenshot of it and I posted it before she could get it. How do you get, you just decide like, I want to, or they, people approach you about this, or you're just like, this is interesting to me. I want to dive into this shit and discover all this stuff. Well, usually people will send me gossip or they'll tell me something and they'll say, this interests me. And then they'll throw, let's say like I get thrown 10 things. I'll, I'll look at them and I'll be like, what in this really gets me going? And then if it does, I have so many outlets to tell the story on, right? Because I have a show that I have guests on. So for example, I got really into Marilyn Monroe for a while. And so I had the woman who uh, got Dr. Greenson's box 39, which is like, it has all these records of the guy who was with Marilyn Monroe when, when uh, she died in her mysterious death, which obviously there's a lot of things on. So I had her on my show and she actually gave me all of her notes, like from all of her stuff related to Marilyn Monroe's death. It was like, it was, a, it was like a Christmas morning. Okay. So like, That was an example where that one was great on that one. But then I get other stuff that's really secret. Like you, like I know stuff about Mary Cosby, nobody knows. And it's so, it's so sensitive that I can only do it in my bonus audio. Why? Because it's me alone and a small group of people listening to it. And so like, I can keep that kind of managed. How do you know though, someone sending you shit on Mary Like, how do you know you do your research, but how do you know, like, it's legit? Well, you have to validate and you do different levels of validation and you have to disclose that. So, for example, I'll say something to the effect of this was sent from Mary Cosby's relative. And I'll tell what what relative or whatever, if they've given me permission to do so. And I'll say and they've told me this. Now, it's up to you whether or not, you know, it's alleged Certainly you got to use the wording alleged, right? So, but it's alleged by the cousin this, and it just so happens that cousin was in the church and, and was in the church for years. Negative stuff. I mean, Mary Cosby is, uh, in my opinion, a cult leader. I mean, th- this, the Salt Lake city, <laughs> just sorry, but you know, do you think you like you even said in the, in the Jen Shaw thing, everybody said, wait, that's the new Real Housewives, Salt Lake City. Did you <laughs> ever think that this shit, like we have the Marys, the Lisa, the Jen Shaw, did you think it was going to like be like this is right now? I sort of did. Provo, Utah is a little sketchy for sure. No offense to everybody from Utah. I love Sundance. I go there. I did many, many parties there and not everybody's like that, but there's a, a high concentration of multi-level marketing companies, right? Which have a lot of issues uh, from time to time with the FTC and get shut down and some go criminal, et cetera, and lots of lawsuits. You've got people, uh, you have schools in Utah that like Paris Hilton went, went to where scandalous stuff is happening, right? Like her documentary that came out, right? This is Paris about how she was abused in a Provo, Utah, uh, bad girl school, 
you've got a lot of different religions and some are, uh, you know, not traditional religions and they're happening really hardcore there. And there's a lot of judgment and it's, it's, you know, there's, there's a polygamism. I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's, there's a polygamy, there's all sorts of stuff. Is there anyone that you think is like legit kosher on that? Yes. (laughs) Yes, I do. I think Angie Harrington, Heather Gay and Meredith are legit. Okay. Meredith does have a tendency to sell immediately after uh, she wears something on the show, which I wish she didn't do, but her husband was from the world of merchandising. So it doesn't surprise me if you know his career. Right. Um, But all the other ones uh, on the show are definitely questionable in my opinion. You think even Whitney? Uh, Whitney, not herself, but her husband. Her husband was the head of um, many multi-level marketing companies. And the ones that he's been involved with certainly have been involved in several scandals. It's probably why she knows so much about Jen Shaw's, you know, arrest. Oh, when she was kind of going on the bus about like, if this happens and this happens. Yeah, because her husband probably would have been able to educate her on that. What do you think about Lisa? Um, Lisa's okay. Um, she has a tequila company that she tends to do like, you know, kind of a cookie cutter scenario based on her SEC filings. It's kind of like, you know, a plug and play. She, she had before uh, Jen Shaw's indictment happened, a, a, a close friend and colleague of hers that was a lawyer got indicted for a fraud about two weeks before Jen. So I think Lisa was pretty rattled when Jen got, I mean, it's really hard to go through two indictments with two close friends in like a month. So I think Lisa's probably feeling it. I don't know. <laughs> does, does NBC, okay, so ABC did these docs, both of them, Jen and Erica. And then obviously NBC does is Bravo. Does NBC like just freaking hate you because you're doing this? Or do they, are they pissed about these docs, you think? No, they, I mean, uh, Bravo for sure has made their, like an NBC by relationship to Bravo has made their best to make sure that like none of their talent that they still have a relationship with will come on my show they will make sure that um, they don't promote me at all in any way to do with even my involvement on the show. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if like in a year I just wake up and they've deleted me completely off the site, like I never existed. But they, I, you know, they've left the stuff from the time up, but they definitely go out of their way. Like, for example, I was interviewed in that Diamond book, you know, the Diamond oh, right. Uh, yep, yep. Uh-huh. Right. And so I was interviewed for that and they cut me out of the book. Now, when I was interviewed, I wasn't doing gossip yet. So I was interviewed before I was doing gossip. And then after I was doing gossip, I, I got on the book. Do you think that they hate when these docs come out or is, are I they don't, like, I mean, kind of because it brings more publicity to the, like, obviously their shows and these characters, these, these housewives. I mean, I think it's a mixed bag. I think uh, Andy Cohen probably uh, enjoys the publicity that they bring the show because it increases interest in the show indirectly. But I do think that he's worried always how it might affect the cast members of the show. So 
like he doesn't want to lose a cast member because somebody's involved with something really, really uh, dark and they don't want to be associated, say, with this darkness, you know, or uh, someone wants to quit the show that he's not ready to have go yet because of something, you know, ABC shows. Right. So like right now, it would be bad for him if Jen just suddenly quit the show. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Again, like I feel like a Jen and Erica, it doesn't matter. Like there could be shitty shit in the background, but to be a housewife, like you said, you risk the marriage, you risk this, whatever, because you are a housewife. Yeah. And it's something different than it was when I was on the show. You know, I was like, not that it wasn't like the phenomena it's now, you know, (laughs) like, I mean, that's that's like a whole, that is like a whole other thing that I, you know, I look at what you're doing now and what we're talking about and that I'm watching you on this freaking dock. Right. And then you're like, but wait, let me tell you, Dana, when I started my podcast, not even a year ago, and I had to do my whole, like the whole trailer, you and your $25,000 sunglasses were in my trailer. Like that's <laughs> how far back and iconic shit that you've done goes right so it is just like crazy to see where from an outside person right who has loved bravo housewives from the get-go that you come in as a season one of beverly yeah which was what 14 2014 it's been so long now i don't even know it was 2011 2011 i think or 2010 2010 2010. And then it aired, I think like 10 years ago. Right. Cause it was, yeah, it made, they probably started filming then I think. Yeah. But you know, I had a great cast. God damn. When I look at it, what they have no offense. I mean, I, I don't want to sound like the typical person from a show. I guess I, I am, but like when I look at what Kim Richards brought to that franchise and, you know, Brandy, although I can't stand her, what she brought, um, Lisa Vanderpump, uh, Kyle Richards, who's still on, like I was with the killer cast, Adrian Malouf, uh, Camille Grammer. Come on, like talk about hit it out of the park. They should have just left that shit alone and let it man. run its course for five years. I don't Taylor. know why. Yeah, Taylor. Oh, and Taylor, who was my good friend. Obviously, that was a subliminal block on my part because we've had a falling out. But Wait, um, I'm Taylor? just saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. I it started with Bravo. I'm starting to think maybe it wasn't it wasn't her. It may have been them, but it it really it came off as it was her, and that's what really bothered me about it. But what happened was I had always uh, thought I left on a, a very positive note with Taylor. She was going through a lot at the time when I left. I, I went to London. I did, I shoot. I shot that scene in in uh, season three where I'm like drunk. And I'm making fun of Lisa giving Ken a blowjob. Yeah, I'm like, right. And I'm smoking a cigarette off a candle. It was like great shit. Anyway, so that was like really me, like how I am when I I let loose. Like I was just like, by by season three. Cigarette off a candle. Yeah, no, totally. So by season three, I'm like, I, you know, why pretend anymore? You know what I'm saying? Like you, you get, you get better and better at the show. Right. You know, that's why, that's why I was like, they, they were so stupid in a way to not just give that cast a full five years, because even if they had given, uh, you know, Camille a timeout, she, I knew she would have come back. Like Adrian would have come back. Like it all would have worked out if they had just let things go their natural course, but they're so like 
mission directive. You know, it's it, it's it's just like I really wish I was the producer of that show. But anyway, <laughs> so what happened was I left after that meltdown to England and uh, I stayed very little in touch with Taylor, but we left on very positive terms. I brought our care package when Russell died. I went to his funeral. I was like, I'm there for you. My life's imploding, but I'm I'm still there for you. And I, I like left and disappeared into the abyss and to uh, what someday everybody will hear the story about, but not on today's podcast. OK, right. and I go into the abyss, but I always hear from my friends in L.A. from time to time that because we have mutual friends, you know, Camille, Kyle and and Taylor and I. And uh, that, you know, Taylor, they've run into Taylor and she said, like, she hopes the best for me and she hopes I'm doing great and like all this stuff, which really made me happy. I was like, oh, that's nice, you know. So anyway, we flash forward and I was like just coming. I, I wasn't on Instagram ever until I got an Instagram in 20 at the end of 2020. And I, so I was starting to reach out to people I lost and I was going to reach out to her. And I was like, kind of thinking like, should I, or is that weird? Like it's been a while, but she was such a good friend. And, you know, so uh, all of a sudden I get, I start publishing my gossip. And so I'm getting fans and the fans say to me, uh, now they know I'm back uh, because I also had my Twitter, but it was like dormant. Like I never used it. So people right. just thought it was like floating there. So they reached out to me and they said, uh, Taylor went on a Bravo show and she basically didn't mention you at all. Like she was describing season two and she didn't bring me up once. And it was like about stuff that the fans knew on the show I had done. And she had like inserted Lisa Vanderpump where I was like what in what I was doing. You never like reached out and been like, yo, what's going on? What yeah. So she, so she did that. And I was like, wow. And it was like two interviews like that. And, but it was, what was weird was like I said, she inserted Lisa Vanderpump into like things that I had done versus Lisa. Right. right. So it was weird. And then um, I noticed that Bravo had reached out, not Bravo, but like Bravo's like radio show thing, not Andy, the Andy radio, but like another one that they, they have a lot of their like reality stars on. Anyway, right. they reached out and said, we'd love you to come on a show and get ready and da, 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 da. And then they never came after that. So I, at that time, didn't realize how they judge gossip. I didn't know Bravo would like flip, you know, like completely do a, I found out later, like they will literally blacklist you if they don't like what you're talking about period, the end. So what do you think so, that they told Taylor just not to talk about you? Yeah. So now later I didn't at that time, at that time I thought it was her. And I was like, what a bitch. She totally wanted to align herself in like the nostalgia memory with Lisa Vanderpump. Cause she's a bigger star, but it's like everything she's saying is BS and she knows it. And, and to, to pretend that I wasn't a good friend when I literally and I mean, literally gave up my opportunity to be a housewife for Taylor. I made that sacrifice for Taylor because they wanted me to out that her husband was abusing her and I refused to do it on the show. What do you mean? Okay? They, they said, if you, if you talk about this, what Russell's doing will make you a full pledged housewife. 
No, they would never say something that like amazingly direct, but the implication was, you know, don't you think you want to bring that up or isn't that what you should be talking about? And, and then uh, suddenly, you know, you're halfway through the season and you didn't do it. And they're like, well, we don't want Dana to go to that event. Now we don't want Dana to be here anymore. Okay. So like, it doesn't happen that way, but it happens in a very production way. So, and in fact, there's a scene where you can catch a glimpse of it, where I'm yelling in the background. um, If my friend says it, then it's true because all the women are questioning that she um, has been abused by Russell. And I'm the only one not questioning it at that time. That's what's really happening. So you see them and they didn't even put it in because that's how much they were trying to minimize that aspect of the, the story. Like, and I'm screaming, like, you know, for them to cut a screaming scene out, like that says something. <laughs> so you never were like, Taylor, what happened? And like, just like reached out to clear the air. Like, did Bravo tell you to do this? Or are you just like an asshole? No. So I got upset. I got really hurt about it. Then what happened was I found out some gossip about Taylor that I didn't know. And that gossip made me not want to reach out. And I'll leave okay. it there. It's on the Patreon. You guys can go watch it. Got it. Okay. So then, so you're not cool with Taylor anymore. And then didn't she just do the ultimate girl strip? Yeah. She's doing season two with Brandy Glanville. Oh, right. With Brandy. What you and Brandy are not cool. Well, we've had a few, her and I, no, we're not cool. (laughs) So then even sugarcoat it. How are you with, you said you're so cool with Kyle, Camille, you know, I don't hang out with them anymore. I live in Miami beach, so I'm not like in that circle anymore. But if I saw Kyle out, uh, you know, if she was allowed to talk to me, I certainly would go up and say hi or Camille. Absolutely. I like, I, you know, they're great. I love Adrian to this day. Okay. So you, I mean, you were, you brought it up. Like that cast was like MB freaking P right. You start the show you came in, what, as Taylor's friend? Funny that you come first, like we're talking about Taylor. Didn't you come on as Taylor's friend? So in season one, she brings me on. I'm pregnant with brown hair. And I, because I was doing event production, I was doing like the really big parties, like Oscar parties and stuff like that. Taylor thought it'd be really fun. Well, first of all, we were really good friends. So we partied together. So she would say, do you want to come to the the housewife parties with me as like my sidekick? So I would go with her. Uh, Camille, everybody had one. Camille had one. Like everybody had a friend that was like a real close friend they were bringing to the events. And then they were filming the women, right? So you can see us in the background on, on some of these things. And so then what happens is she says to me, like, she wants me to do the $60,000 birthday party, the tea party for her four-year-old yeah, daughter. And so I said, uh, sure. And so I do that elaborate party and I'm in there and I do talk and I'm in that. They introduced me with the little name card and all that crap and that one. And then I'm on a few more times, just sort of supporting Taylor in the background. And then what happened was I heard at the end of season one, they were looking for someone to shoot with Taylor. I'm assuming it was because they were aware of the stuff that she was dealing with. Cause she was probably sidebarring with the producers a little bit, you know, uh, on a personal level, not for the show. So I think what happened was uh, I went out with Russell and her and they were telling me that 
you know, things were tough on the show and was getting tougher. And anyway, Russell said, why, you know, you should offer Dana up to, she's been on the show already. You should offer her up to shoot with you. And, and Taylor hesitated and she never actually followed through with it. And then I, which was maybe telling, um, but Gina, you know, Gina Kyo will tell you that from Orange County, OG, she'd tell you that, you know, the housewives are never stupid enough to enter, you know, to introduce anyone Dude, Dana, to the producers. I'm not even joking. I just had Gina on, I think two weeks ago. And she said, I remember, I forget the name of the guy, but she said, this guy said, don't ever bring your friends on because that's going to be your replacement. Yep. And, and so Gina knows, like she was saying, and that was kind of the energy. A lot of the women that were smart, they knew don't bring a friend. Got it. So it's possible that was, you know, part of it. So I ended up going to Miami and I was really good friends, obviously with a lot of talents because I was working in that industry and I was close with Corey Feldman's uh, manager and I knew Corey and I liked him very much. And so uh, he got the casting and he reached out to me in Miami Beach and said, they're casting for Housewives. You should apply because you're you're like literally the real thing. He said they're casting for season two. Correct. And they and he said, do you want, you know, to try out like you're really this thing while I was on vacation? So I said, OK, and I actually applied from Miami Beach and they said to me, um, can you come back to L.A.? So we could like finish casting you. And I was like, no, <laughs> like, I'm not going to come back for like a hypothetical opportunity on a show I've already been on. And they were like, what? And I was like, I've already been on your show. And they were like, what? <laughs> they didn't know I was the same Dana as no. in season one. I swear to God, <laughs> the producer didn't know. Yeah. You make do this party. That is one of the biggest like talked about <laughs> freaking scenes of season one you put it on yes. you're there they don't tie the two together yes and it is it is the iconic scene of that season because because like it was the first time someone really showed the wealth the ostentatious out of the crazy you know it was at the uh that magician's house right uh, what the hell houdini yes it's the houdini mansion before they teared it down in hollywood so it was kind of funny. So then they said, well, we'll wait. And when you come back, you know, we'll do everything. So they, they like left and then came back and said, okay, we'll work with you, which is what producers do. I've got news for people. If a producer really wants to work with you, no matter what the network or the show, like they are going to wait for whatever you need to do or help you get what you need done. If they're not that into you, they won't. You knew Taylor, you guys were cool. You came on season one. Did you, had you known pre doing like the, like coming as Taylor's friend, had you known like Camille, LVP, Kyle, any of them? No, I knew Adrian. I knew of Adrian. I knew of Kyle. Like we were at the same, we hung out in the same places. I didn't know Kim. I mean, I'm, I'm still such a fan of Kim's. Like, I'm just going to say that. Um, I did not know Kim. I had heard of Camille, but we weren't in the same social circles. See, there was like a Beverly Hills circle and a Malibu circle. And Camille was in the Malibu circle. Adrian was in like, and Kyle was in like the Beverly Hills Bel Air circle and Got Taylor. It. And Lisa V wasn't really in any circle. I don't know. Like, I think she was, 
maybe in a European scene there, like that, that does exist. I mean, cause this is before like everyone's famous for, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Totally. So how was it when you met them? Like, how do you, like, do you remember, were they cool? Was there anyone that were, they were like, what are you doing here, lady? No, there, um, Adrian was cool. Camille was cool to your face. <laughs> Kyle, <laughs> Kyle was cool sort of like, uh, but I, I mean, I have to say the person I got closest to when I was filming was Kyle. Um, Kim was super cool. Actually, she comes off like a kind of a jerk on camera, but she's actually off camera, like so cool. So Aww. sweet, like really a great girl. Let's see who else was Lisa was the least cool. She was like really had uh, superior vibes coming, which made it really hard to interact with her. Because, yeah, it doesn't like when you were talking to Lisa, it didn't come off as motherly. Like when you watch her on TV, it's sort of motherly, right? As a viewer, but like with a funny personality. But when you're shooting with her, it's actually like she's talking down to you and it's very like difficult to connect with her. Did, did you ever think that when you dropped the $25,000 sunglasses that it would be what it was? Probably. Really? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Just like I knew that if I, you know, did the crazy scene at the end, it would, you know, it's just, you get a feel for the show. You do, you get a feel for it. My lifestyle that you saw was my real lifestyle. The difference between the show, because I want to say that even with that statement, everything you saw was authentic, really, truly. Like it was, you know, the kind of thing I would do if I was feeling insecure, like that was real. You know what right. I mean? That, that part of it. All the women were really living and acting and behaving the way that they really did in real life if there weren't cameras. And I think over time, the women started to act like they thought the cameras wanted or the people wanted. So like maybe, uh, you know, I don't know, I'm giving this as an example, but like maybe one of the cast members now wouldn't really have a big party, but because the show is there, they have a big party. Right? right. They pay to have a big party. And they have, like back in the time that I was on the show, like we really did have big parties like every week. And they were really ostentatious and nuts and crazy. And there really was all this drama. Like everything that was really happening was really like it wasn't drummed up drama. It was real. Do you think that's the biggest thing? Because listen, you, you know, were on from the very beginning and now we see where it is right now. Do you think? That's the biggest difference from all these years of, I'm talking about specifically Beverly Hills because you started with it. Now look where it is. Do you think that's the biggest difference or what do you think? Like when you look at the show that you were on, like I asked Gina the same thing. I'm like, look how long ago you freaking started OC. And now look what it is. Like, what do you think is the biggest difference from Beverly Hills when you started to now? I think that in the original uh, seasons of Beverly Hills, the women all there, really had the basis of a proper friendship. Like we were all from circles that we would have actually really hung out and, and partied together. And I think over time, the women on the show, actually, if they weren't introduced through the show, wouldn't have partied and hung out together. Like a Crystal and Lisa Rinna, like a friend of, and then they're like, oh, come meet my friend. But like, you just might be a cool housewife. So we're going to pretend like you're a friend of somebody's. Yes. Like, um, 
you know, I think a little of that tampering is good. I get the nuke. Like I get dropping the grenade in. Okay. Cause it creates this really, uh, another reason to have drama, but it shouldn't be the only drama. So for example, in our season, Brandy was the grenade. Nobody knew Brandy. Brandy would never have hung out with any of these women period. The end, they wouldn't have. Okay. Adrian didn't know her. That was all made up. She was just like tossed in the mix. They did that because of her personality and because she was an interesting character and her famous husband had left. And it was like all this really good stuff with Brandy. I think that she brought a lot to the group by creating drama. But at the same time, we had real drama. Taylor was really getting abused. You know, there was there were real like there were people who were really uh, starting businesses and you were seeing them evolve like in real life. They would have done them either way, not just because of the show. Camille's breakup with Kelsey Grammer, like real stuff with that little with also the grenade. And that was like a great that's a great show. Right. Because it's like and it's everybody really is real outside of like the one grenade person. Okay, that's okay. But when it starts to just be six grenades. (laughs) You know, like, and there's no real friendship. Right. It's just then it gets to me. It loses its authenticity. The fans sense it. They love it. They make memes out of it, but it's not going to resonate the same. It's not like getting to know someone like, you know, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, becoming like, friends with us over time. Right. Right. So what do you think now of again, you started it season one. What do you think now of where it is in the cast besides Erica? <laughs> right. Well, uh, I I like Garcelle and Sutton because they seem to have a real friendship that like it, it comes across uh, on the show. And I love the dynamics of that because it means Garcelle is going to have some really difficult choices on these seasons as time goes by in whether she wants to stand up for Sutton or take Sutton out like Hunger Games, you know, so that's going to add like a really interesting aspect. Uh, as far as crystal, I feel like crystal is, uh, gonna, I think struggle in my opinion. I I know she's got another season in, but I think, I think she's going to struggle a little relationships because it's like the four, what is it? Kyle, Doree, Rinna and Erica, the four of them. Is that what you mean? Yeah. I just don't know who's going to really you know, team up with her so much. And I also don't know, you know, at some point she's going to have to have some ugly drama and it can't be like a safe, it's not going to be a safe thing. It's going to be something that like she hates because that's what happens. And I don't know if she can handle it. Not everyone can. (laughs) Some people go seasons and they, you know, they keep everything like tertiary, like out there, you know, And, uh, and then when it really hits home with something, they like want to, you know, that's a quit for them. Do you think it's crazy? Again, you started with Kyle and that like to see her still on 12 seasons, how many seasons later? Well, Kyle was like what I call the secret producer of the show. They created the show around Kyle. So it didn't surprise me. I mean, if Kim hadn't had the issues that she, you know, had come up, she would she'd be still on the show too. Kathy, uh, I think she's great. I think she's done a great, I mean, she's going to be an iconic friend of for sure. She, I don't know if she'll ever become a housewife. I don't think so. Do you? No, I just appreciate it because it's just like, it's not like she doesn't give a fuck, but she's just Kathy, right? Like, 
she's not, she says who's hunky dory. And it's not like there's a camera in my face. So I need to think, am I asking like a stupid question? Like she just said, you know what I'm saying? She's, yeah. getting, she's on camera drinking Red Bulls at two in the morning because that's what she does in her real life. So I appreciate that. Right. Like it's me too. It's authentic. Know, yes. Totally. I, I appreciate that a lot. I just, but like she's gotten, she's gotten used to it. You have to remember Kathy is seasoned. Yeah. Everyone's acting like this is the first time Kathy's been on reality TV. Like Kathy's been on reality TV for years. I mean, she, she knows it. She's, she's got this down. She She, knows, she knows how the peep fans react to things. She's, she's very good at, you know, at, at, at how she handles things. Look at even how she said the lady Right. Like, oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's not unconscious shooting. She said the lady because she didn't want to say her name because she was worried about it for a minute of whether she should say the name on national TV. That means she's thinking that much. Right. She's in the car. She's like she is thinking at right. all times. She's good, though, man. I mean, I I appreciate it. I, I don't know. I like her a lot. I just me too. Me too. I do, too. I just wonder how it's going to play out. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think the long run. It's like, and by the way, you're freaking Kathy Hilton. You lived in the freaking Waldorf Astoria. Like that was your home for like <laughs> 10 years. This, that is like a whole nother level. I feel like, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I just like some, who was I talking? Chris and Takeman was like, some people are just meant to be seasoned housewives. I don't think she's meant to be a housewife. Like that is her thing. Well, she's got too many other opportunities, right? She's doing all of Paris Hilton shows. Right. So, you know, she's got a lot going on. I I don't think she could do full time just for the time commitment. You know, is it hard? The whole thing with Dorit and the break-in and who came? Teddy was like, you put her in danger. Like those things, are those super tough for you? Because you're like, I'm just trying to bring truth forward and like that serious stuff that you're saying to me, does that get tricky with what you're doing and like harder for you to do what you're doing? Or do you just like, whatever, this is just somebody else that's like causing drama or saying shit. I mean, I don't know what her agenda with that was, but there definitely was an agenda. It was just not true. So what she said was completely inaccurate with what was posted. And PK actually reposted my post to his followers. And I have like, 18,000 followers and he has like 150,000. So like, you know, obviously PK, uh, you know, reposting it shows that what was in the the post that she commented on and saying that uh, wasn't sensitive because he wouldn't have done it. Right. So, yeah. yeah, And he said, it's a public document and he called me a see you next Tuesday and all this stuff. I mean, I, the, the, first of all, I want to say that it's kind of a long story. Like we could do a whole episode on that. Um, so I will say that I did release a free episode of Dishing Drama Dana, episode 50, and you can find it on all the platforms or Buzzsprout. And I dealt with that over a one hour podcast. And I actually break down what happened, how it wasn't true, and what I think really happened based on her previous robbery, because she's been robbed before. Okay. So I just want to say like, it's really hard to answer this one in like your two minute ending of your show. I know. I'm sorry. There's just so much. That's like like a whole show. Like that's a whole show. I like, we have to have like a part two. There's so much (laughs) shit that like, and by the way, 
I'm I don't to, mind. We could do a part two. It's okay. I, I'm trying to ask you my crazy Bravo, like housewives fanatic mind is like on season one of Beverly Hills, but I'm still like hot off of like the Jen Shaw doc right now. So I am like, my mind is. No, dead. it's hard. It, it is hard because there's a lot of different there's so moments much. in time of stuff. And I don't know for what reason, but I tend to get like linked to these things that happen <laughs> over time. And it's, it's weird. I, I, I don't, you know, I get it. I get it. I, you know, that's why I started a show. Cause I was like, yeah, how, yeah. how do I deal with this? You know, how do I get all this out? There's so totally. much to say. Well, I just want to say to you too. I, I yeah. started a YouTube channel called Decca dish Dana. It's 10 minute gossip sesh. Okay. Give or take. And I do like uh, informational ones. So I just did like, just to give you some examples, I just did one on Garcelle's ex-husband and I found out a whole bunch of stuff on him and, you know, like stuff like that. So it's, it's really fun. I hope you go check it out. <laughs> I, uh, duh, of course. I mean, you have to come back. Thank you. You're the best. Thank you, and, uh, sweetheart. Bye. Bye, Dana. Thank you so much for listening to Side Piece. Make sure to follow on Instagram with the handle at Side Piece Show. That's at S-I-D-E-P-I-E-C-E-S-H-O-W, at Side Piece Show. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe.